Welcome to the Brazilian Beat. Join us as we get to know the Brazilian percussion and music making community one interview at a time. This is episode 112 with Robert Lopez. This is Courtney. And this is Diana. Hi there. Hello. Well, we are uh, this week we have a friend of ours from California, Brazil camp, and he's got a really interesting story. Yes. This is uh, Robert Lopez, and he is a percussionist and educator based in the San Francisco Bay Area. His background in various types of music, such as folkloric traditions of Brazil, Ghana, and Cuba, alongside temporary chamber music and free improvisation, allow him to maintain a malleable approach to sharing musical ideas. He holds a Bachelor's of Music from Cal State University, Long Beach, and a Master of Fine Arts with an emphasis in improvisation from Mills College. Since 2011, he has been an active member of the Bay Area music community, working with the group So Are, the Oakland Active Orchestra, Quatour Elefantis, Grex, and Jordan Glenn's Beak, among others. He has been a dance accompanist at Mills College, UC Berkeley, ODC, and Sonoma State. Since 2014, he has maintained a close relationship with master drummer Georgi Alabe. This partnership has led towards from the Fulbright U.S. Student Program for Projects Cultural Transmission through the Music of Condomble and Investigating the Language of Condomble Drumming, also a grant from the Alliance for California Traditional Arts Apprenticeship Program, and first place in the Brazilian category with Grupo Samba Rio and San Francisco Carnival 2018 and 2019. He currently teaches drum set and hand percussion at the San Francisco Community Music Center and the San Francisco Waldorf High School. Yeah, so uh, Robert's story is really unique and, uh, you know, from the effects of COVID, yeah, his situation was even more more unique. So I think you guys will appreciate this story and really enjoy uh, what he has to say. Yeah, he's such a good good soul too. He, He is, we have such a good time with him at camp uh this hilarious guy too we also have another first for this podcast another interview first last last time we had our first mom mm-hmm. on the podcast and this time it's gonna be our first skinny pig yay hey so if you're watching on the youtube channel <laughs> yeah i don't know what what time stamp it is but about halfway ah, more toward the end guinea pig appearance yes Keep your eyes open. We're having a little fundraiser to buy a couple subscriptions and pay for our website fees. So if you would like to support us, please go to Kofi, K-O-F-I slash The Brazilian Beat. And uh, you can join our community of support. And thank you very much. There's also a free way to support us by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts and telling friends. I think they can um, also give us ratings on Spotify as well. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I believe so. Cool. Yeah, Anywhere go. you're at, just give us a five-star rating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you could do that on Google Podcasts. I don't think you can rate people. Hmm, I'm not sure. I, I haven't listened via that mode. Yeah. Gosamba.net, still selling drums. They're selling out. Selling out of caixas. They're going wow. fast, people. I know. That's great. I need to bring some more in. I hope you guys uh, enjoy this podcast, and we'll talk to you on the other side. Diana, how are you doing this morning? Um, I'm okay. I think I broke my toe and my oh, cat's yeah. being a brat, but I'm okay. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Who do we have on the podcast today? We have our 
friend from California, Brazil camp, Robert Lopez. Welcome. Hi, y'all. Thank you so much for having me on here. It's, uh, yeah, it's quite an honor. It's awesome. Wow. I really appreciate all that y'all do with this. So thank you. Thanks for asking. Thanks for oh, being on. Welcome. I mean, I think we asked you like two years ago and then it's kind of <laughs> Yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> the story gets more interesting, right? Yeah. So we like to start at the beginning of, of folks' musical journey. So can you tell us about, um, you know, where you grew up? Um, was your family musical? Kind of what was your, what's your beginnings into, into music? Yeah, so I'm from I'm from Southern California. I'm from um, not the city of LA, but LA County. Like a, LA is like a giant sprawling area. So um, from there, my, my my dad's a drummer, and so I learned I learned from my dad. He, you know, he'd been playing. He's been playing for like his whole life since he was like three years old or something, oh, wow. and he started playing professionally when he was like thirteen. Oh shit. Um, playing drum set, playing like a lot of like funk and R&B and, and Latin music. Um, and so, you know, I think he he was 21 when I was born. Um, and so he was still playing um, at that time. He was he was like working full time at UPS, but then he was he was like still gigging on the weekends and playing all the time. And um, and so, yeah, I learned from him. I learned from him, I think. You know, I was always like I was always going with him to to gigs and to rehearsals, going with him to like load in and set up and and I would just, you know, go sit behind the drums and like mess around or the drums would be set up at home and I would just go um just play and stuff. And then I think it was like like I, I remember when I was like it wasn't until I was like nine or nine or ten or so where he like he's like, All right, this is how you play you know, like a, like a drum beat, like a basic backbeat. And he kind of, um, you know, he showed me how to do that. And I remember like getting really frustrated and I couldn't really do that. And then he like left the room and then I spent some time and I was able to do it. And, um, and yeah, so I kind of just, just would hang out and just follow him around. I didn't, I didn't ever do, there wasn't music in any um, of the schools I went to and none of the programs or anything like that. Uh, none of the, elementary school or I don't think there was anything in middle school either and then high school by that time I was just like I don't know I wasn't I was pretty anti any club or organized yeah. thing at at that moment in time um but yeah but I've always really really been into music you know like I think had I not met um my teacher Steve Mosier uh, when I was like 21 or something 2021 I I he kind of, you know, um, helped guide me a lot and really inspired me. And, you know, um, then, then I began to do like formal music study, you know, but I was, I was just around music and just into it like a lot, like from a very, very young age. What age was that that you met your teacher? Um, you started I was, getting more. Yeah. Um, when I met Steve, uh, his name was Steve Mosier. Um, I met him at Rio Hondo College, and I graduated high school. Um, I was 18, and then I, I think I was either 20 or 21 when I met him, and he was first my music theory teacher, and then he taught an ensemble there. So I started playing marimba and vibraphone there, 
and mm. and then eventually eventually studied uh, drum set and snare drum stuff with him too so privately after like a year but, um, so did you make um music your your major yeah yeah at I that did. point at that point yeah like right after high school i kind of i really i mean um in my immediate family i'm like first generation college and so like i really had no idea what to do so i first started like i was like maybe i want to study math maybe i want to study art i had no idea what i was doing and then I met this person and then met Steve and I just kind of, I was just like, this just, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do with my, with my time, with my life. And I just really, um, yeah, it just made sense to me, you know? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. So when did you then encounter Brazilian music? Um, I didn't encounter Brazilian music until after that. So um, that would have been like 2003 when I first met my teacher and I did all this like, you know, like an associate's degree and stuff. You know, I, I again, like first degree, first generation college student, I had, you know, it took me a long time to figure out like what to do. And it's, I mean, um, there's a lot there, but I, I mean, there's a lot to going to college that like, if you come from a family that goes yeah. to college, you, that you automatically sort of know you absorb that information. If you don't like mm -hmm. people don't know how to translate that to, I don't know. I mean, I worked at a community college and that was a big part of it is like, just help me yeah. guide people through the process. Cause yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of was in that same, in that same boat. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's complicated. And then once you figure it out, like, you know, you got to see a counselor, you got to take all these courses, you know, right. it's like, you just, you just need help. And I think <clears throat> at that school at Rio Hondo, there were people that had been going there for like a long time, um, which is fine, you know. Um, but I do think that people eventually, people have this aspiration of wanting to, you know, be the person in their family that goes to university and finishes or they, or they just want to do that for themselves and they want to get out of um, whatever, whatever type of job they've been doing, which is kind of what I, where I was at. And it's, it's, it's tough to figure out. It's, um, yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. It's, so I, I would eventually like to work at a community college. I would, I would be super down, but yeah, it's, it's competitive out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, um, but I think you had asked Brazilian music. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Get a little sidetracked, but so I went through the, um, community college and did my associate's degree. And then I transferred, yeah, I transferred to Cal State Long Beach, which is like, you know, not too far away from where I was living and where I was doing community college at like 30, 40 minute drive, depending on traffic. And um, I transferred to Cal State Long Beach to study percussion, to be a percussion major, to do a bachelor's degree. And uh, I started in 2007. <clears throat> And yeah, that program, it was, it was amazing. And our teacher, he was, uh, the, uh, his name was Dr. Michael Carney. He, he had, um, we had different groups. We had to do like, you had to do like some sort of wind ensemble, like orchestra wind ensemble. You had to do percussion ensemble, which is like contemporary percussion repertoire. You had to do a steel band, like steel pan stuff. And then you had to do, um, 
it was world was it world music world percussion i can't even remember but um and that was either ghanaian ewe music or samba so in the fall it was ewe in the spring it was hmm. samba, i believe and so that's when i first got i really didn't know much about brazilian music and then even then we did like he would teach a samba and then it was like i was like okay this is cool i wasn't really like super um crazy about it but then um we had this this program called the it was called the world percussion project which our teacher had started i don't know how many years before that and initially he would take people to ghana so he'd taken students to ghana mm -hmm. i think he'd been a professor there for like i want to say 20-ish years so he'd been been doing he hadn't been doing this thing that for that long but he he started taking people to ghana and then he put together a program to take people to brazil um and at the time i was i was like 25 and i i didn't i didn't grow up traveling or anything like that and i was i really was interested in it and wanted to and so i had the opportunity to go to brazil my second or i guess like i started in september and i ha had the opportunity to go to brazil in january and so Awesome. So I signed, yeah, I signed up and did everything I had to do. Um, I think if if we were full time percussion students, the university uh, or the program would would pay for the flight, and we had to pay for everything oh. else. Um, and so we did a weekend weekend Rio and a weekend in Salvador Bahia. And um, mm. yeah, so the first week we were kind of led by Guilherme Gonzalez. Um, and he kind of like let us talk classes and then we played with his group. And then in the second week, we did different things. We studied with Zé Ricardo and Mario Pam. And oh, then oh. In, in, in Bahia, uh, we had our, um, like you all know, Nelly, is it Nelly Zamora? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she, she was the person. Oh, that's who, right. Yeah, she, she was the person who was our like guide in Bahia. And, you know, for people that don't mm -hmm. know Nelly, she's like, you know, you know, she's from the States, from California. Like a Mexican descent, but she, yeah, and she, she picked up on Portuguese really well, and she was our our guide in in Salvador, and so those are my my first experience, my first my first like yeah in depth experience with Brazilian <clears throat> culture and music was going to Brazil. Did things click right then when you went, or did yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, it just it was just like, I mean, the music was amazing and. But like just being there and being in the culture and seeing, <clears throat> I think I really saw like, um, I really saw like myself or like I saw like things that I really liked, um, things that were important to me were important there. Um, mm -hmm. I think in the US it's really a lot of like extracurricular activities are like really sports and competition based, you know? Um, not to say that there's not competition in music, but I think like, um, like I just remember being in Rio and playing in this uh, with that teacher, Guilherme Gonzalez, and we like, uh, with his group, it was a bloco called uh, Escangalia. Um, and I remember being there and this was in January, so it's like a lot of, a lot of pre-carnival energy. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember just like, we played for like, three hours and it felt like five minutes. Like, it was just like, it was just wild. And I, I remember we were in a baseball field and I, I I just remember like people came out, people like just people in the community, people at the park at this baseball field, they just came out and were really, really 
um, energized and we're dancing and we're just so happy that we we're playing music. And I was just, I was like, man, this is, this would not happen in the U.S. Like this is just, <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's just not really valued. And I mean, you know, I think people in Brazil really have trouble with their music and time and labor being valued and stuff. But I mean, I think culturally, they're just culturally so rich and people, um, yeah, you go to like, you go to, you go to these different San in Rio and you see like teenagers and like 70 year olds and they all know the, all the words to the music mm -hmm. and they all know all like these little accidents and hits and breaks and stuff. And it's just, it's just magical. Like it's, it's just amazing. So it, um, yeah, I made a, a really, really big impact on me and I, I ended up going uh, the next year with the same mm -hmm. program. Mm -hmm. Oh, right on. Looked, yeah. <laughs> you were the veteran. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> After you got back from those trips, then did you seek it out or were you like pretty swamped in your studies? Um, yeah, I was pretty swamped. Um, I, but I, I did seek it out just like in the same way that I would when I was like, you know, 13, 14, listening to like the Beastie Boys and Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> I would just like go to record stores and we're just like searching for all this like Brazilian music. And um, so, you know, from there I got into like, you know, like Gilberto Gil and uh, Caetano Veloso and a bunch of other people. And um, yeah, uh, I had this really great compilation. It's called What's Happening in Pernambuco. And it's just like a lot of like more, it was at the time it was probably like 2007 or eight or mm -hmm. a lot of like contemporary like bands playing like kind of like kind of not mongy beat, but kind of like foho mixed with this and that and and like kind of some like rap music, some like reggae music, just like I just kind of got into a bunch of different what I could um, different Brazilian stuff. And I think, yeah, the year or so after there was a thing at grand performances in LA. It's like a really cool summer series, like free, free concerts. And they had uh Ciro Baptista. Do you guys, y'all know mm -hmm. him? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ciro Baptista came with his group beat the donkey. And that mm -hmm. felt like I was back in Brazil. And mm -hmm. um, there was some Brazilian stuff there. I know there's Brazilian stuff in LA. I wasn't super connected to it, but um, so that would have been, I went in January 2008, 2009, and then I came back and was studying. And then, and then I went to Brazil camp for the first time in 2010. So. How yeah. did you connect with that? Did you just, uh, somebody recommend it to you or? Yeah, um, there were flyers when I was at Cal, as I was still at Cal State Long Beach. And mm -hmm. so there were like flyers and stuff for Brazil mm -hmm. camp. And then I heard it was cool and I was just, I was just so, you know, hooked on on Brazilian music and mm -hmm. um, I forgot how I got connected, but do you remember, do you know that guy, uh, Ali, Ali Lexa? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, w I drove with him or like he, you know, I, I drove to his house and left my car at his house and then <laughs> he lived in like Culver City or something. And then so we we kind of drove all the way up to the Bay and um, yeah, it was that was really great and kind of hung out with stayed the night in San Francisco and hung out with some friends there. And, and then the next day went up to camp and, and just, yeah, I fell in love with it. The magic began. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember you from, I think it was a second, my second year in 2015. 
uh -huh. in Mark Lampson's intermediate bateria class. I think you and I were both oh. playing Hipiki. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. We yeah, were yeah, like yeah. totally green and like trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Those are fun classes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, class was a, that class was great. He explained mm -hmm. so many things that had either just assumed you would know or it was like, yeah, it was a great in-between beginner and advanced to kind of lay some things out. Yeah, I like I like that level because mm -hmm. it's not like yeah, it's it's nice like you don't you're not trying to you're not trying to completely put everything together like people can already play generally. Um, right, they know the basics. But, like yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I think it's a it's a it's an interesting class. It'd be it'd be good to see it again. And there was no performance at the end, which I thought was awesome because then the <laughs> yeah. teachers weren't like teaching to the performance. You know, it wasn't, I mm -hmm. loved that. So it was all learning. Yeah. Yeah. That was a cool class. Yeah. Yeah. So you completed your university studies and then how did you end up in the Bay Area? Um, I moved up here to go to grad school, to go to Mills mm -hmm. College, Mills College in, in Oakland. Um, so that would have been 2011 when I like I moved moved up here in August of 2011 and um, yeah I, I started working at at Trader Joe's in like 2007 and I was able to just like transfer to a, a Bay Area store and so mm -hmm. I moved up here like a month before I started grad school and was just working working um, terrible hours like four to midnight. No. <laughs> and just like stay up later and later every single night and um it was rough so yeah i, I kind of worked like full-time-ish for like a month and then started grad school at mills um and yeah it's i think about it now and it's like i i knew like of georgie i knew that i knew about like samba heel because like friends had talked about you know this group in the bay area this really cool samba group and i wish i would have started like Playing with them like then I, sh I should have just done it but i was like i was pretty busy with grad school mm -hmm. and working working too so yeah it's just i don't know um it would have been cool but it was tough um well i mean like just commute time you know right you gotta study yeah. you gotta be at class you gotta work study after work. class you gotta go to work and then you need like time to like take a shower <laughs> and eat <laughs> and fall asleep yeah you know like <laughs> I get it. Exactly. There's and then there's traffic in in the Bay Area is like no joke, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna let you off the hook there. You don't have. To. <laughs> don't feel bad. <laughs> appreciate that. Appreciate that. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot to be involved in these things. It is. It is. But yeah, and it's funny because I got you know, um, Georgie's. So like when I went to Brazil uh, in 2008 and 2009, and I we did like you know this thing, samba stuff in in, in Rio, and um, you know samba hegi in 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 Salvador and and candomblé stuff in Salvador with with Zay, and I was like, I was like super, I was like really interested in candomblé, and um, I'd wanted to find out more about it, but there was like really nothing, uh, or I couldn't find anything, and. And then moving to the Bay and then Georgie's there and like his, he goes by Georgie Alabe, but like Alabe is not his real last name, but it's like a Candomblé name. And like, I didn't even know that. And had I known that I probably would have, would have sought him out a lot sooner, but um, I guess I didn't learn all that or learn 
doing that until like 2014 when I went back to camp. I didn't go uh, after 2010. I kind of moved to the Bay and was grad school stuff. And then I finished and then went back in 2014. So it was a little while before I kind of got back into to playing Brazilian music. Mm -hmm. And Zay, Zay, Zay Ricardo from Ballet Folklorico da Bahia, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Zay, yeah. Those are my first lessons. And then when I was there last, last year, I was able to do a couple lessons. And then mm -hmm. he like, remembered me from my teacher, Michael, from many years. It was like really, really cool to, to meet up with him again. Mm -hmm. Nice. Cool. What did you study when you were in your, doing your grad work? Graduate school. It was uh, the degree was a, it was a, a music performance degree with an emphasis ah. in improvisation. Um, so it was a kind of a mixture of of like contemporary contemporaryish music, um, contemporary percussion music. So um, my teacher William Winant, he was like an expert in. Um, yeah, like new music, contemporary music. So like a lot of like Steve Wright and Philip Glass mm -hmm. type stuff, mm -hmm. like minimalism and um, and then working with just other other students, other composers. Like there's a there's a really cool um, like experimental music scene here in the Bay Area that I was I was really interested in, and so and Mills College is kind of like a hub um, on the West Coast for that stuff. For so that. yeah. Yeah, so like you kind of have CalArts, you have Mills, you have Oberlin, you have uh, New England Conservatory uh, of, of people that are like going to school for this stuff. And so like Mills has always been like um, like a hub for that. And I was and then and then there was like the scene around that, so like experimental music scene around that. So um, wait to answer your question. Yeah, like playing more contemporary music and then also playing with um, improvising and playing with people at the school and then playing composers music from the school. So I got I got pretty busy right away. And then I started like playing with playing in um like bands and groups with friends, friends projects and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Were you accompanying dance stuff classes? Not... Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Were you accompanying dance classes as well? Um, my second year, yeah. It's a two year program. And I started accompanying in yeah, 2012. And that ended up like once I graduated, that ended up Kind of being my main job for for a few years which was really cool and having being in or you know yeah i've been in music school for that long and lear we're learning all these all these pieces all this this repertoire and stuff um to kind of to just have time like playing alone and not have anybody tell you what to play but just be like we need something in this meter this fast we need like a duple or a triple feel or or um, sometimes things would be in odd meters and stuff, or things would be uh, in no meter, things would be open, like just like having to like play and like build a little percussion set. Like nobody told me what to do. I just, hmm. but they just, yeah. You know, if people keep asking you then and they like what you're doing. And so it was nice to have that time to kind of develop, um, develop myself that way. And, yeah, like, cool. Take off from like, formal training and do a different thing. Sure. Cool. That modern stuff, I did a little bit of that in college and it took it took me a long time to learn that stuff. Like it was every piece was like a lot of work. <laughs> like yeah. It's, a, it's intense. It's a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, dancers rehearse, like their rehearsal schedules are just so, so crazy sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a lot, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot of time, a lot of work. Yeah. So tell us about getting involved uh, with Georgie and that that path. Mm hmm. Um, so. Yeah, my partner and I, we went to camp in 2014. Like I told her about it and I was like, this place is amazing. It's a beautiful place. Like, you know, great music, great teachers, great food, great people, amazing culture, all that. And so we went and and we, um, you know, the Georgie had his condomble class. And so we took that class and just loved it. You know, I thought it was like, yeah, just an amazing class. And it was nice to kind of dip my toes back into that music. Finally, you know, like I remember studying with 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 Zay and doing like learning like the Agogo go parts and then the um, the humping, the lay, the support parts. And I could I could more or less play those, but like playing the lead drum, playing the whom was like, like I I he would explain stuff and I just had no idea, I, I had no idea what was what I was supposed to do. Like it was really crazy. So having that chance to do this with Georgie and be and then I, I was I was so psyched. Um, and then I learned that he lived like extremely close to me, like. Uh, like two minutes in a car, like five <laughs> minutes on the bike, like really, really close. So I was just like, um, actually had, and it was November 4th. So that would have been just over nine years ago when I did my first private lesson with him. And so yeah. I just started doing lessons and, and yeah, I, was, I just, I just always have always loved his playing. You remember um, the exact date you took your first <laughs> lesson. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's pretty, pretty weird, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I, I had it, heard it's it's cool. on, yeah, it's, it's on, it was on, like, I had the recording on a computer. I have a weird thing with, like, uh, with n numbers sometimes that I can remember numbers well, um, but yeah, <laughs> I have a weird thing with zip codes from my UPS job. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, Sacramento, I, I Sacramento zip code. It's like nine five eight something. something. <laughs> so I know, like the general thing. There are some some parts, especially because I worked in SoCal at, at UPS. Um, there were some like I kind of like if you're closer to the the destination, you know, it's like pretty exact where the things have to go. But some are more general. Uh, yeah, it's it's a weird thing. It's a weird party trick. Some people get a little freaked out. <laughs> they don't know what, where I'm coming from with this, but yeah. You could be a street performer. I'm going to take a detour here. You could be a street performer. I was in Boulder, Colorado once, and there was this guy who was like, give me your address. And then he would tell them their zip code. Oh. And people oh, were like, okay. it's a tourist place. And so people were there from all over the country, yeah. you know, had to be inside the United States. And, and they would they would say their address and he would say the zip code. That's insane. I've heard yeah. of a guy, I think, I think he was in, I think in Colorado too, um who if he heard you talk he could tell you your zip code wow yeah that's pretty cool like heard your accent What's up, colorado yeah colorado's colorado. got the zip codes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then you started doing private lessons with georgie that's hilarious he lived right down the street from you or like really close yeah 
yeah, he lived close by. So I started going over and then he was just like, you know, he, he knew I, I could play and he was just like, you know, I remember him just being like, you know, I, I appreciate you coming here and that I could use people like you, like we could, you know, it'd be great to have you around for performances and recordings and stuff. And it'll be great to have you around. And I'm like, heck yes, like <laughs> bring it on. So, um, yeah, I just started studying with him and, um, yeah, did that. And then I think like, I don't remember when I started playing for the like ceremonies here. Um, but it was maybe like 2015, definitely, definitely in 2016, I was already playing for, for some of the ceremonies, but it might've been somewhere around 2015, um, where he asked me to, to, yeah, to play for those. And it'd be like two, two of them a year, um, in December for Oshum and in July, more or less for Shango. So I've been kind of doing that since then. And then for dance classes every Sunday, playing for playing for dance classes. And when I when I first started playing for those, um, Mark Machina was around. And so he would be the one playing home. He would be the one playing lead, the lead drum. And then yeah, somewhere around then Mark moved to to Portland, right? And mm -hmm. then and then I and then the Georgie was like, it's your turn, you play now. And I was just <laughs> I was just dying. It was it was just so hard. Like it was just so so crazy and intense and uh, but but it, it took that it took that for me to be just kind of thrown in there to hmm. to have to have to learn this stuff. And this, these were for Georgie's dance classes. He was teaching the dance portion, and you were playing, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for those classes, it's it's kind of funny because Georgie's like he he'll be like he'll he'll show the dance and then we'll like play and then he'll have to like kind of correct people and then he'll, he'll go out there and he'll be dancing and he'll be like. And he'll be like he'll be like singing the lead part, and then when the lead part's done, he'll be like singing the rhythm. So he's like dancing, and he's like, he's like singing these like things, and then it's like, but that's that's what that's what you gotta play. Like you gotta, yeah. um, it's it's a great it's a really great um, yeah. I, I worked with like dancers for a while, and um, just learning what dancers want, like what they sing, what they what they sing, uh, mm -hmm. that's like really important, crucial stuff, you know. And Georgie's like an amazing percussionist, so you're getting like you're getting like everything, mm -hmm. you're getting all that uh, in those classes. So now, Robert, have you dan have you done any of these dance classes before? I haven't done the group classes, but I've done some private lessons with Georgie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've done some private lessons with Georgie. Um, maybe just like two or three, where we just did dance stuff. And I've been wanting to do more. I wanted to do more when I was in Brazil, but most people were were um they wanted me to be able to play first which mm -hmm. i which i could but then like you know they want me to learn like the way they taught first so right sure yeah um, yeah so i've done some but i would really like to do a lot more i think that that would yeah make such a difference to learn both parts yeah yeah for sure for sure it's a lot now, were you also playing samba with Georgie at this time? A little bit, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of the first year I've done. I've only done like two or three SF carnivals, you know, and that's me being here for like 12 years or something like that. Um, I've only done like two or three um, playing either Kaisha or Surdu. 
and yeah i've done i've done some of them i've done some of them it's 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 tricky though it's um like i was saying before like i would kind of wish i would have just started earlier playing samba but uh but again with like work stuff it, it's just been hard to like keep sure. keep doing it and i do think that for me it's a little complicated because music like playing and teaching music is is like the way that i make a living right now and have been for a while and um uh yeah it's it's like a it's a, it's a it's a different thing you know like it's yeah. mm -hmm. um yeah it's playing with playing with a a group yeah it's it's just it's just like adding another thing on not that it's it's bad like i love it i think it's it's great but yeah just kind of finding time for everything is is um it's a little difficult but yeah that, i've done a couple of those parades that parade like, is like no joke too oh my god it's so long it's like 5 miles <laughs> yeah yeah it's those those really blocks, really long <laughs> yeah yeah cuz i think it goes from like 24th like whatever Brian or Harrison and then 24th and then up mission and then you go up to like 16th but those blocks are big those are like those are big city blocks and I remember talking to our, our uh, friend of the podcast Jimmy Biala about it and I, yeah he's helped Georgie and he's like I didn't realize like what he goes through too is he has to walk backwards for like five right. miles yeah, he's nuts. like and you, <laughs> that's <laughs> That's insane. That's just yeah. really nice. Yeah. And like, there's those, you know, there's always like potholes and there's manhole covers and there's those little bumps that they put in the road. You know, you're walking backwards <laughs> and you're like running yeah. into those things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's intense. Yeah. <laughs> it would be best to play tambourine during that break. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Or just be the water person, the water boy. I, mm -hmm. I was uh, the, uh, First aid person when you're oh, nice. <laughs> nice. That works. You got a blister? Here's a band-aid. Here, here's a band-aid. Yeah. <laughs> Just some water. So let's talk Fulbright, Robert. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, um <laughs> is it okay if I, I backtrack and then go into that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So um I did want to say to that. Yeah, things got a little like tough, like financially for me. And I just wanted to, yeah, I wanted like some, I guess like help and stuff. And so around, like I started studying with Georgie for a few years and a couple of years, and then I started uh, applying for things. And before the Fulbright, I applied for this thing called the Alliance for California Traditional Arts. That's the organization, the ACTA, the apprenticeship program. And so I applied the first time in 2016 for 2017 mm -hmm. um i didn't get it and then so but i was able to like call them there's like such a small like nonprofit. i was able to to call them and be like hey um you know would you be able to tell me like what happened with that application like is there any like feedback at all and then yeah the person was able to to tell me like basically like they knew who georgie was they knew yeah, you know who he was, they knew his background, his prominence and all that, but they didn't know enough about me and who I was. And I think the thing I submitted mm -hmm. was like, it was like, it was just really, it was like a audio recording and I had to be like, you know, at 35 seconds, that's me playing, you know, it was like just <laughs> terrible. Like, um, and 
so that, that was a part of it, them that just not knowing who was me, maybe even not knowing if I was playing on the recording or not, or, or it was just really unclear. But um, so yeah, 2017, I, I, I applied for Fulbright first time um, and didn't get that. But then I also applied for the ACTA apprenticeship program and got that and did that in 2018. Cool. And this is a this is like a grant program for people who are studying folkloric arts kind of a thing is that yeah, yeah. that's and really it's, cool it's really cool so any sort of so if you're doing any sort of um you know quote unquote like traditional art in california i uh, highly recommend scoping it out it's called the acta apprenticeship grant oh cool and so that was that basically paid georgie to teach me for six months and at the end, we did a public presentation. Um, and then I used that footage to apply for Fulbright. Uh, uh, nice, smart. So, yeah, so yeah, I had a friend who, yeah, hired for um, to film that. And then um, my partner, Shanna, she helped me out just like a ton. She, yeah, she, she did all this filming of the dance classes and stuff that I did with Georgie. And so we kind of used all that to to help with the Fulbright. And so so that I, so the first time I tried to do Fulbright was would I applied in did you have to apply so far in advance? Yeah. I think it was like I think it was twenty seventeen, but I applied basically to go in twenty nineteen and then it didn't work out. Um, How did you get the idea to even apply to the Fulbright? Because you need someone at a university and then I think someone at a university there, like wherever you're wanting to go too, correct? Mm -hmm. so how did you work out those details? Um, so I have a friend, my friend Katie Harrell, who I went to graduate school with. She did a Fulbright maybe like a year or so after we finished grad school. And she went to Bali to study gamelan like vocal gamelan singing i think or gamelan vocal music yeah so she went there and i would heard about it and then i was just like hmm maybe i'll try that and and so yeah because we went to mills college together and so i wrote her about it and she and she said um she said yeah like she sent me her grant proposal and was like, yeah, there's a committee. So like email this person. So I just kind of got the, got the ball rolling that way. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so the, at the school, there's like a Fulbright committee. And- Is this the school that you went to grad school at? Mills College? Yeah. 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 So you can apply as a candidate at large. Like you don't need, you don't need a university here in the US. To, oh, I thought like, you did. You know, you can apply as a candidate at large, or I forgot the other, the terminology for the, um, basically you get like a school to, to work with you and support you. And it's kind of like a pre-screening process. And so it is a little more, it's not foolproof, but it's like you have a better chance mm -hmm. at, at getting it. Um, and so, yeah, I started writing with, I started, yeah, I started emailing, just, just emailing people about, at at Mills about this and they were like, yeah, um, you know, you got like, there's like deadlines. There's like a, I want to say Fulbright, the, the actual data was due was like the middle of October. And then there was a day in September, like early September 
where you have to submit all of your materials um, via the Fulbright site, but it just goes straight to your school, to your like affiliate school. And then the committee, um, they review it and then they like unlock your application again. Um, but even before that, there's like a whole interview thing too, where like you do meet, like I was basically corresponding with two people, um, this professor in the political science department, and she was like on the Fulbright committee for the school. And then there was someone in my department and uh, like a musicologist who was, um, who was like checking, reading our stuff too. And so it, it's really great to have uh, the perspective of someone inside and outside your field. Yeah reading your stuff because it's like you know it's just going to make sense to people outside of right <laughs> i feel like mm -hmm. hopefully you know yeah um, and then so what i've and then that so that first time i applied i i didn't make it past the first round like okay wait a, so so how did you make the connection in brazil what do you mean oh uh With that oh just like stalking school. people <laughs> okay yeah just like yeah just um you reached out to them they didn't yeah your yeah, school people didn't already have somebody i no. see cool yeah yeah just i think I, I was just like looking up like candomblé candomblé research who's done their phd on candomblé stuff and reading papers and stuff yeah. yeah yeah so i found this guy who did he maybe i think he did yeah so fulbright there's like many different programs there's like what i did is the fulbright student program and then there's the and it's basically Fulbright student program. You you have to have a bachelor's degree, or you have to have completed a bachelor's degree by the time you start the Fulbright program. But you can't have a PhD. Hmm. Um, and then there's the Fulbright Scholar program, and the Fulbright Scholar program is if you already have a PhD and you end up going to a place and you do research, but you also teach a little bit. I think. And then there's Fulbright Hayes for like people that are doing a PhD. So there's like a bunch of different huh. programs. I did Fulbright student. And so I found someone who did the scholar program and he was a professor in the US. And I wrote him and about his connections. And he said, you know, talk to this person, uh, Miriam Robello, who ended up being my uh, uh, advisor in Brazil. She kind mm -hmm. of wrote me a letter of, what do you call it? Yeah, she she had to write a letter saying that they would take me in and all this mm -hmm. stuff. They would let me do classes and hang out at the university. Cool. Uh, so she did that for me uh, the both years I three three times I applied. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Persistence. Something like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So tell, what was, so did you have to enter with like a defined project that you were going to study or were you there to generally take a class or, I mean, how, what was, how, how'd that go? Focus. <laughs> yeah. What was the focus? Um, yeah, there has to be, so, you, so the writing you have to do, there's like a personal statement talking about your, who you are and what you've done and your background all that and then there's the statement of grant purpose and so that in, in the statement of grant purpose like i um i did have to write about what i was gonna do and where i was gonna be staying and why you know why like why was it important for me to study candomblé in salvador bahia and like the importance of that and who i wanted to study with 
Um, and you have to talk about, you have to kind of uh, present like why your grant, why this potential grant is feasible for you. And I guess my yeah, question, it, my the mm -hmm. question that comes to mind, I'm gonna interrupt you. Uh, so a lot of like contemplate is not is taught outside the university system. So did you have to combine like taking classes from someone in the community and then studying contemplate at the university or how can you explain that? Yeah. So my affiliation was not in the so my, my affiliation in, in Brazil was at the Federal University of Bahia also known as Ufaba. Um, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah, Ufaba. It's like, it's like pretty prestigious in Brazil, like mm -hmm. a lot of, like it's it's kind of opposite where like, I think in the US, like private schools are maybe a little more prestigious, but yeah, um, in Brazil, it's the opposite because it's like really hard to get into the state school or the, the federal right. schools and it's a better deal overall. Um, but anyways, my, um, Right, so my affiliation was with the social sciences department. It was not with any music department. Mm. Um, I didn't really know of any music departments teaching condom play stuff. Now that I've been there, I think I, I could have maybe gotten affiliation uh, through my teacher, Yuri Passos, because um, he teaches there, like maybe. Mm -hmm. um, but this person was like the first person to, yeah, that I. I was just in contact with them earlier and they accepted me. So, so basically I just had to, uh, yeah, my affiliation was with the social sciences department and it's with this group studying Afro-Brazilian religions and it's basically all condoblesistas. Um, and they would meet on Fridays and because it's like Friday, um, they have Oshala, so like everybody wears white to like all these classes. Like it feels like you're going to like a, a condomble ceremony even. Um, so yeah, I, so my, my affiliation was with the university and that was kind of like my obligation was to do those classes, uh, was to go to, go to those seminars and people would talk about their work, what they were doing. Um, and then I, in, in my proposal was like, I want to study with like this person and this person, you know, in, in Salvador. And then I want to go to Rio and study with these people. So it was like, it was very much like inside and outside the university my proposal it wasn't that was just, part of it too i see yeah 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 cool um how yeah, was your and, portuguese and, at the time you're taking classes at a university in portuguese how that oh yeah that was hard um i mean i i started studying portuguese in like 2016 just doing like duolingo stuff and then 2017 i started doing private lessons so i've been kind of doing stuff since then yeah mm -hmm. Um, so you know it's tough it was yeah even even like many years later it was like yeah it was, it was still tough to like be in a class but it was just like a like a more like a group discussion than anything and um, it was you know I, I i understood most of it there'd be sometimes people would tell jokes and like everyone would be laughing and i'm like, like oh, yeah. what does that mean <laughs> It's like, yeah, yeah good Martin. one. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what, the, the, what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> there, was, there was a person when I was there in 2022, there was like someone from um, someone from Europe that, that 
that joined the group too. And their Portuguese was like really good. I was like, dang, like they're like, they're like <laughs> killing it. And then someone told the joke and then that, that other person, they also weren't laughing. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's not that good. Like, yeah. <laughs> so to backtrack a little, you received the, the, the football bride in 2019 for 2020, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I applied the second time and I had a way better like portfolio the, the second time. Mm-hmm. Um, I applied to go in 2020 and they told me like in April of 2019. And so I was just like freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah freaking out. Yeah. It was like a total dream to be able to, to do that. And then, so I received that and yeah, I just was just getting ready to go. Like my partner and I, we decided to, to go and we, we decided to, um, we had this, you know, we lived in this apartment for like a while, uh, for, we were there for like seven years or something. And mm-hmm. with, um, the way Bay, Bay area rents are, it was like, Oh, man. A good deal. It was a good deal, but we, but we just were living like across the street from like a freeway. We were like on the second story, like you could like just, yeah, toss a baseball onto the freeway. Like it was like, it was like really close. Like the house would, the apartment would shake when mm. trucks would come by. And it, it was just like, yeah, just a lot going on. And we, we didn't want to be there forever. So it was like, you know, this is our chance to leave and um, do something different. And we don't know what's going to happen next. And so we kind of, uh, got ready to move out, put things in storage, um, had some friends uh, take care of our car for us for that for that time. And then we went to to Brazil. Um, there was an orientation that year in Sao Paulo. And so the whole the whole cohort um, met in, in Sao Paulo. We were in Sao Paulo for five days and there was like a whole Fulbright orientation. And at that, you know, that was February 2020. So COVID was already a thing. COVID was like, like I remember talking to my dad and being at the airport and he's like, he's like, is there anything, do you think feel safe with this like COVID thing going on? And I was like, you know, I think, I think we're okay. Like, you know, we're, should be all right, you know? Um, but yeah, so like we had an orientation in Sao Paulo for five days and then and then, yeah, five days after that, uh, I went to Salvador. But yeah, it was like, it was interesting. Like, I got to meet all the other people who had got grants, and um, most of them were. Was it was it a big contingent? It was about 30, 35 hmm. people. Oh, that's it. Yeah, from the hmm. U.S. going to going to Brazil, hmm. and at that at that year, I think there was maybe like five of us in Salvador. Oh, actually, um, that's more than. I would think. Yeah. And, oh, cool. and they, they, do, they do say too, like Fulbright does say that, um, like they give more uh, priority, they give priority to people who are applying outside of uh, Salvador, Rio and Sao Paulo, because like mm. they're just more popular places and yeah. more people fly every year. So I got to meet all those people and we were just all like, everyone's like was just, yeah on a high just we got to brazil sure. and yeah. get a get a cell phone plan trying to figure out all that and everyone's just like yeah just struggling with portuguese and but it was it was cool and it was like a, it was like in a super nice 
hotel in Sao Paulo. So you go to the top floor and there's like a pool and stuff. And it's just like endless, endless city, mm -hmm. right. endless mid rise buildings and high rise buildings. And yeah, but it was, it was, yeah, it was a good introduction to, to Sao Paulo. I'd never, I hadn't been there uh, up to that point. Um, yeah. And then when, when did COVID come and change things? Yeah. Yeah. So that year, um, I had a great apartment and it was like off, uh, off of Airbnb. So it was like totally affordable. And, you know, I started studying and, and um, uh, you know, thank you to Marcio, Marcio Peter really helped me out with getting set up, getting set up studying there. So I started studying with a few different people. Uh, my good friend Bira Santos, uh, Yuri Passos, started mm -hmm. studying with Yuri from Gantua. And, and then, like, the COVID stuff started building up. And I think it was um, six weeks in, we got a, like, there was like a, there was a, a big Fulbright group chat on WhatsApp. And people started, people were getting a little, um, yeah, getting a little worried about what was going to happen. Everyone, no one knew anything. Um, all we knew was that, like, Tom Hanks had COVID. And, uh, yeah, and then they, they I shut think down that's the when everybody, like, realized in the United yeah. States, they were like, oh, no. You know, when I knew it was going to be crazy is when the NBA stopped. Yeah, yeah I was going to say that. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, That was, was like, like the next day, wasn't it? It was like Tom Hanks, mm -hmm. the NBA. Yeah, it was all awesome. boom, boom, boom. We were really yeah. close together, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, NBA, and then Forrest Gump got COVID, like, <laughs> wow. Um, but, yeah, so that, I... I you know, speaking of remembering dates, that was the 13th of March. So 13th of, Mar 13th of March, we got an email saying- That was that was a Friday the 13th, by the way. It, it was, because oh that was my goodness. last day of work in the office. Wow, yeah. wild. Okay, it's good to know, we're helping each other out. Yeah, okay. <laughs> good numbers. Yeah, Friday the 13th, um, we got a letter saying, from Fulbright saying that, they recommend that we go back to the US that we didn't have to because COVID was starting to become a thing. Um, I'm not sure if it was officially declared a pandemic yet, but they recommend that we go back to the US. But if we wanted to stay, we could sign a waiver and basically saying like we couldn't sue them or anything if we got sick or whatever, mm. got stranded in the country. Um, so I was like, heck no, man, I give up every, I give up my job, my apartment, yeah. I, you know, my other job, like all this stuff, like just to mm -hmm. be here, this is like once in a lifetime opportunity. So I, yeah, my partner and I were just like, nah, like, let's just, let's just, this will be okay, you know? And then, yeah, things started to change. It was, it was, it was tough. Like there was, I was doing classes with uh, Mario Palm from Iliaye mm -hmm. and then like, there was like a, a week or so, you know, into that, it was like, uh, we're not sure if we should be going to classes right now. And then, yeah, things just got a little weird. And I were got, people wearing masks and things like that there? Um, I don't remember, but people in Brazil are really good about that stuff. Mm. Yeah, I don't remember exactly, because I feel like that was even when masks were like people were like i don't know if it does anything like yeah yeah, yeah. they were making everybody confused about that for a while yeah 
I know like we made masks. We like we made our own out of like these weird like napkin stuff. But yeah, um I don't I don't remember. I don't quite think so quite yet. But um yeah, so the twentieth of March, which I has to be another Friday, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh they sent out another letter and they said we're canceling the program. You must vacate Brazil immediately. Um and so that would that was in March and they're like we're gonna pay we're gonna give you uh just part of your next stipend um we're not gonna pay you the whole thing and you have to leave brazil immediately and the thing's over and so just like what like i don't even like i don't even have a place to live and i didn't right. even have a place to live where do i go back to yeah right. yeah so wow um yeah my partner and i we had to like talk a lot just about like what we were gonna do and it just yeah we wanted to stay i mean like it was probably gonna be okay but then like things started to like slowly change in the neighborhood like there was this like you know corner um like a little store and like boteco kind of thing and even like they took all their tables away and it was like you couldn't like sit there anymore um and then yeah my partner and i we just we, we like really stood out even more than we already did you know it just like it was like it just kind of i don't know it, it it just felt like we didn't belong there especially at that time uh, and just and i think the, the the possibilities of us having trouble um catching a flight back to the us if anything were to happen with anybody in our family is we're just like you know we couldn't really study like what the what the hell is i going to be doing there right. like, trying to be like, hey, can I get a lesson, like, the folks or whatever. There's nothing going on. But you know, yeah, so it was it was a really hard decision. Right before that was um, was Carnival too. So we got to be there for that. And mm -hmm. that was freaking amazing. Uh, see Carnival in Bahia. And yeah, we just eventually decided to come back. And then but it was not easy. It was like, flights are being canceled and different people didn't know that flights were canceled and I, I just knew we needed to get to like sao paulo to get out of brazil and then like that was tricky from salvador oh, so man. i was having to talk to travel agents um and i'd be like yeah like I ended up getting help i ended up having to ask fulbright to help me find uh, a flight back because we could not book a thing like they kept getting canceled and wow I was just like online, like all the time trying to like find flights and they like I, I knew the flights better than the, some of the travel agents did because I'd be like, oh, I need to like, like there's this flight with Azul. I'd be like, no, it's canceled. Look on the these guys website and ended up being like. We had to stay there for an extra like three days because of cancellations and then. Eventually came back and then uh, Garulios, the airport in. Sao Paulo was just like was just nuts. It was it was wild. <laughs> it was wild at that time trying to travel internationally. Like in yeah, my way. husband. Oh, I was just gonna add that my husband was mm -hmm. in Ukraine on tour, actually in Europe. Uh, I think they were in Czech Republic by then. But yeah, it was nuts trying to get him back. You know, and then yeah, he was taking pictures of the airport, and it was just he was the only one with a mask basically, and it was oh. nuts. So mm -hmm. yeah, totally understand that. Yeah. 
just a ton of other people trying to get out. Is that? Yeah, and I think too, Donald Trump had like issued some really confusing statement about being, you know, not being able to get back in and this and that. Oh, right. Yeah, so it was during that time. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's complicated, really. Mm -hmm. So where did you when you got back? Mm -hmm. Where did you stay? Like you didn't have an apartment or anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we ended up staying um, down near. You're like, hey, Georgie, I'm coming over. <laughs> Is that Georgie? Yeah, you were like, hey, Georgie, I'm coming over to sleep on your floor. I, I, yeah, we should have. We should have. I mean, no, but yeah, I mean, yeah, should have done that. But, but yeah, it's strictly like, you know, uh, we don't want to jeopardize any, yeah, any folks older who might well, have had some past health problems yeah yeah but, totally i'm just kidding yeah. about that but no yeah. i know i know <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah we ended up staying down near 29 palms so like kind of oh really yeah kind of close to joshua tree ish we have a friend that moved out there several years many years ago now and she had some friends who had a a house that they had had been airbnb and it was like no one was going out there, so we ended up renting a house for about five weeks. Um, they rented the house for about five weeks, and it was, yeah, it was just crazy. Like, oh, yeah, just, you know, like, like taking in all this news about COVID and um, all the other Fulbright people were like, everyone was just like struggling, like nobody sure. knew what to do. Um, you had like set up your life to be gone for yeah. a year. Yeah. Everybody had quit their job, like health yeah. insurance. I mean, all, yeah. every, and all the things. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do think, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I do think that it was a little tougher for me being a little bit older. I think a lot of the people who do the Fulbright student program, like, you know, they tend to fall between like 25 and 30 mm -hmm. years old, but yeah, I was like older than that, you know, I think what might have been like 37 or something at the time. And um, and yeah, it was just like, I was like, it's different for me, I think, because like, I, I, I didn't just get out of school. I didn't, yeah, I don't really have anywhere to go. So. And yeah. yeah, so yeah, we ended up staying there for five weeks. And, but everyone was like talking and we, we were trying to like put together um, like a formal letter as a group to Fulbright basically saying that like, like you can't just do this to us that like you have like we need to either get paid for the full thing or we need to be able to have the opportunity to go back because this was like extremely hard. And at the same time, at the same time, this was in March of 2020, um, that like the beginning of the year, the first quarter of the year, that's when they tell people that they got the Fulbright. So me being, you know, um, being you know uh chronically online um uh, i would like go on twitter and and i would i would like search like fulbright and i would see people being like happy to announce that i got an award to go to you know guatemala or whatever like at that same time that we all got rejected they were they were uh, telling other people yes wow. that they got the award so that was just like really hard um they ended up like giving everybody like like some money like wasn't even like a month's rent 
like maybe a month rent. Like they, 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 they kind of, they're like, we're sorry that this happened. Here's like some consolation money. And we're just like, like, I don't know what, I don't know. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I was just, we're in the desert, uh, applied for unemployment immediately. And yeah, I was just trying to keep sane, you know, I would take little jogs, enjoy the beautiful sunset, but it was super weird, super weird. And then um, we ended up, after five weeks, we ended up finding a place uh, back in the Bay Area, in Alameda, where we live now. It's a little, little island, island in the East Bay, uh, right off the, right outside of Oakland. So I've been here for, since then, since May of 2020. And it's a great spot, yeah. Now, for those folks that were awarded in 2020 for 2021, did they even get to go or did they even? They ended up going in 2022. Mm. So their grant got postponed. They got to like, they got to plan, you know, mm. uh, they, they did. They got to go back in 2022. So in 2022, the cohort was like double the size because of 2021 oh. folks got to go. Yeah. I thought you went back. I thought you applied again and went back. You yeah. Did. So I was, I was dumb enough to apply again. <laughs> uh, so what, what happened was they, they said, um, they said that, uh, for the 2020 cohort, the one that I was, that I was in, uh-huh. they said that, uh, you know, the grant was canceled. Like you're now alumni after like six weeks. Like, <laughs> That's nuts. Good job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I got you know I won it. So I mean like that is that is something, but it's like it's more about the experience. Like that yeah, doesn't really. No kidding. For me and what I do, like that doesn't really um. It's not what it's about. You know. Right. It wasn't yeah. About. It's like like you're gonna put that on your resume and be like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's good that it's on there, but yeah, it's just, it's more about the experience and right. right. But exactly. It doesn't mean anything yeah. if it's six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, they said, so my, that year, the, the 2020 COVID cohort, we, we could apply again and it wouldn't count against us because you can, for the, for the Fulbright student program, you can, you can get multiple awards theoretically. Mm-hmm um if your if your proposal is really compelling or whatever but um but they said that that we could apply again 2020 cohort can apply again and it wouldn't count against us because other if you know had i done the full nine months and done like a normal fulbright that it it would have counted against me but for applying again but they said you know because of what happened because of the circumstances it wouldn't count it wouldn't count against me so um so yeah, went, I applied again and, and I went back in 2022 and yeah, it was, yeah, it was just like, did all, all this stuff again, like all, all of it again, all the application, letters of recommendation, portfolio, all that. And I watched like webinars and just tried to, try to just come back even stronger with it. And uh, yeah, it worked out, ended up getting it and. And yeah, one of the things that I was like, took from one of the webinars is like, how feasible is your project? You know, 
Like, can you really do this? Can you really jump into like a new country, a new culture, a new society and, and, and do what you want to do? And I was like, yes, I can. Cause I've already started. <laughs> and like, I got, I got all these WhatsApp numbers. I, already, I can already like, you know, I can do this right, right away. And so, yeah, I think that all helped. And so, um, yeah, I was able to go in 2022 and I was there for nine, 10 months, stood a little, took, stayed there a little bit longer um, than the grant period and just, um, and just, yeah, I was able to do the full thing. So that was, yeah, I'm super, super grateful for that. And you had the same um, mentors and teachers that you had contacted previously. Yeah, yeah, same advisor, same advisor. Um, and yeah, the other teachers, people that I met through Masio and uh, other people that I started to meet while I was there. I was able to, to just, yeah, to continue with them right away. So yeah, that really helped. That really helped a lot. Tell um, us about your studies. Mm -hmm. I'm curious. Yeah, so 2022, I studied with, where I start? Bira Santos, um, Yuri Passos, Everaldo Brito, um, Zé Ricardo, and Neji Oshosi. Ne lives, mm -hmm. lives in, you know, you know of Ne? Yeah. Yeah. Online. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. lives in Sao Paulo, and so I did. During that time, I did have to come. I did come back to the to the U.S. for like a couple of weeks, mm -hmm. um, and on the way back to the U.S., I did like an intentional stopover in Sao Paulo, uh, just to like hang out, and study the city. There was another Fulbrighter I wanted to meet, and then I wanted to study with Ney, and so I, I did a lesson with Ney, and he is actually. It's the family um, uh, Encarnação, so the, it, it's like his maybe his last name, but he's of the Encarnação family, which is from um, Casa de Oshumare in Salvador. They're of that Tejero, that temple, um, and they are related. That's the family of um, Georgie's first wife, and so Georgie's Georgie's older kids they're related they're like cousins with Ney. um so mm -hmm. he's like kind of like an offshoot of like georgie's family and so oh. i was able to get his phone number and contact him and cool. lesson his place did one lesson with him and that was really really that was a really great lesson we've talked um, to a bunch of like our brazilian guests have studied mm -hmm. yeah uh, with him yeah yeah he was awesome that was a really great lesson i wish i could have seen him play one of my friends actually my friend Bita, he was Ney was in Salvador when I maybe like first got there. My friend Bita was like, he's like, Robert, Nejo Shosi's in town. You should try to set up a lesson. And then uh, didn't work out logistically and finding a place and stuff. But then, so I kept in contact and I did a lesson with him. Um, yeah, so uh, kind of starting from the beginning of the, the, the Fulbright, that trip though, um, my friend Bita, who's in Alabe, he, he has like a him and his him and his friend. They have a school called the uh, uh, Diaspora, uh, Diaspora like Art Center, I think, in the Pelodino. And then so Bita does like group classes and some private lessons there. And so I've known him for a little while, and uh, or since 2020, we became we became good friends and kind of close. And and so I, I did some classes with him throughout most of the time there, and he. 
um, he's a part of this temple. I think it's called Iliashe Omingjoba. And it's in, I forgot what neighborhood. It's still in Salvador, but it's like way out in Salvador. And um, him and his friend uh, Neng, N-E-M, Ning, they they run a school that school GI Ning, and so I did do, actually I did do dance with Ning as well. I did dance with Ning in Salvador at, at that place Jasper. I would do drums and then dance right after. And they have this. Is that hmm? sorry? Is that Ning Brito? Ning Brito, yeah. Oh wow! I took a class with him way way back in the yeah. US when he was yeah. touring. Uh, when he was dance, is it Dance Brazil or I can't remember who it was, but yeah, I, that's my that was my first. Uh, contact with anything remotely you know from salvador so yeah wow awesome. yeah no he has a heavy history he was like the first um because iliae does like the king and queen every year of the group and he was like the first king i think when they ever did that and he he danced with elvin ailey like he lived mm -hmm. in new york for like a while right. yeah he's like a heavy history mm -hmm. um, but yeah so yeah so i studied with with Bita. And then dance with Ning, and then they. I did go to some Kanoblay ceremonies at their house, and Ning's um, Ning Brito, his his mom is the Maiji Santu, and it's like way out in the sticks, but they have like a big space, like it's a beautiful place. Mm. Um, and yeah, uh, working with yeah, hanging out with um, with Bita was really great because we we're yeah, he was my teacher, but just also like a great friend. And so when I would go to those ceremonies, like I remember going and, you know, try to be humble and just hang out and going to sit down and he'd be like, oh, but gee, you know, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> and you come up, you got to play, you got to come play. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, you know, cool. Like, so yeah, I, I would, I went to just, I think two ceremonies there and he, he was like, you got to play, you got to play. So I would come up and play and, um, and he introduced me to this guy, uh, Everaldo, Everaldo Brito. Um, and Everaldo is from, he's in Ogan, or they say in uh, Angola, Shikarangoma, Shikarangoma, I think I'm saying it right, but it's basically like an alabe in the Angola Candomblé nation. And so I got to study with, like, I, I liked his playing a lot, Everaldo, and him and Bita are really close, and Bita kind of leans on Everaldo a lot, so, um, Everaldo, yeah, I, I did a bunch of lessons with him, he was probably... One of my prime he's definitely one of my primary teachers there and his his philosophy is, is basically that the like it's not about being flashy as a drummer it's not about playing syncopated rhythms or polyrhythms like it has to and contemplate like it has to make sense with the dance it has to fit with the dance and so there are there are other there are like variations that i've learned from other people that i would play he'd be like you know play for ogum play like vasi for ogum or play like Basi for Shango or this and that, and he would, he would just stop and be like, like very particular, like why are you playing that? Why are you playing that little rhythm right there? That does not make sense with the dance. And I, I'd be, he's like, this makes sense in this part where it's this transition back to the normal, the normal Basi, the normal part. But like, he, it was, it was kind of like, awesome. yeah, it was kind of like taking, taking like composition lessons like with someone and be like, why are you, why is there a minor chord there? Why is there this passing yeah. tone? It was kind of like, really like that. It was almost like, like composition type lessons with him. And then he would, he oh, would get awesome. up and dance. Yeah, he would get up and dance for me. And, and um, so him and Bia, they, they would also, yeah, they, we did, 
at least three other like ceremonies together like they would just call me and be like can you come play these for these ceremonies with us nice and um you know two of them were in this neighborhood um mapelli in in salvador it was like it was another way out way out like still in salvador but like barely like along going along these dirt roads for like a long time and and uh with these two guys that i they're my teachers and friends and i trusted so i knew everything would be cool but but i was just like man i have no idea where we are like <laughs> um but yeah we went out to these ceremonies played um played in yeah and people just treated us like so good and gave us just like food and drinks after and we just hung out with the folks in the community for a long time did another one like it was like a little small tejero in amara lina so it's like in salvador proper but like um the tejero was like a like a one-bedroom apartment like it was crazy just like just in there with the community and yeah it was, it was, it was beautiful um so yeah the, and so yeah Everaldo and and Bira, and then my other primary teacher was Yuri Pasus, um, and I, he's from he's he's a little, you know kind of well known, and he's from the Gantua Teheru, which is like the maybe the second or third oldest Teheru mm -hmm. in Salvador in Brazil, and so Yuri he actually he is a he has a master's degree in ethnomusicology, and his mm -hmm. his master's dissertation is really really good on Canoble and on like that tradition of learning and stuff and um so he teaches he does teach like i think he calls they call it like contemporary popular music so i think he does do like a mixture of candomblé and samba hege and stuff um, but the lessons with him they were like right down the street from the teheru and then in like a his little like studio which i think is like a spare room in his maybe his grandma's like apartment uh, and his his lessons were, were were intense. Like a lot, most most folks that I that I've studied with and played with, they they, you know, the sticks are like pretty pretty thin, pretty skinny sticks. And Yuri uses like these like like um, marching band drumsticks, which he's like, <laughs> cut off and like taped up. And he's just like he's really he's really good about you know, uh, and really specific about technique. He's like you have to have this like triangle this triangle not and I would often be like here you know kind of in with my right hand especially he was like you got to be here and I think it was you know more out more natural and I think it was like to use the weight of the right hand to have that and using your having your wrist go at a more maybe like a more natural angle and like most I don't think I've met anybody else that was really that specific about mm. how to hold the stick how to get you know uh powerful sound if you want and 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 yeah his lessons we would start he would have these exercises where we would just play these little snippets of of candomblé whom like you know like one like maybe a measure maybe one beat sometimes two measures long but we would just repeat these and they would we would just play them you know we would like play that and start like maybe at that tempo or a little bit slower and eventually speed up over the course of like four or five minutes just just getting the sound just getting those sounds and getting them pure and getting them strong and i like almost always i would after like three minutes i would just like look at him and be like 
please like <laughs> can we stop like this is <laughs> this is so hard yeah um and lessons with him were always at like nine in the morning mm -hmm. but we would just be dripping sweat it would just be so hot it would just it was just brutal um but they were great and it was like right there in that community and um sometimes people in the apartment next door would start like singing songs that they would be like and they would start singing for Shango like in the middle of our lessons and stuff. And, um, Couldn't find that here. No. Yeah. They'd be calling yeah. for the cops here. The right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then after Yudi, I mean, I did I did a bunch of lessons with Yudi, and it was really, really great. And um, down the street, uh, uh, I studied with uh, Gabi Gedges. Mm, oh, really? Yeah, I want to get him on the show. Oh man, he's awesome. He's he's so he was so cool, and that was that was a really cool thing. I mean, all these all these folks I studied with, they're basically all professional musicians outside of Candomblé, and, and Gabi especially. He, you know, he has a heavy um, mm -hmm. yeah, he's just like a heavy history, you know. And uh, he played with like he mentioned, you know, because I said I'm from the U.S. and he said he was like, oh, I've been there a bunch playing with like Jimmy Cliff. You know, he played wow, with cool. in the U.S. like a long time ago, and he was really nice and really helpful, and showed me really, really cool stuff. Like just like, and he was always busy. He's like, I have this session with like so and so, I got to run to, and um, yeah, and I got to see him play. Like at that time, uh, uh, Lechi Eddie's Lechi from the Humpy Lazy, mm -hmm. he just passed away, like the fall before that, you know, from mm -hmm. like COVID, and um. But they were still doing some like Humpilay's shows. I mean, they still are. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I got to, I remember like we're talking about dates and he's like, you know, like, what could we do like a lesson this day, like in two weeks or something? And he's like, oh, I got this show with uh, Lineker. And I was like, oh. I'm going to that show. <laughs> and uh, he's like, I'm playing that show. And I was like, oh, God. And so, yeah. Got to get to see him a few times. Got to see him oh, play cool. a few times and, and go hang at his at his place. And yeah, he was really really great to work with as well. Did you do yeah, audio uh... recordings of these lessons? Uh, yeah, I took audio. Um, the only one I don't have audio is the one with Nay. He said he he mm. he doesn't let people record, but I think I'm pretty I'm like ninety percent sure that I. I that I have all like that we did just we just did this rhythm Ava Munya and I think I like remembered it all and so I like went home immediately was like I had my my phone out and was like recording I was like you know yeah. singing the rhythms out yeah. on my phone I was like I think this is this but yeah. uh, it would have been great because he, he did play at the end he did play like a more free long form Ava Munya and it was like insane it was like so so good but yeah all, all the other lessons I have I have recorded and so I have like a lot and I just, I just need to Go over them still like some of it i do have transcribed um there's so much that i don't yeah. so i've i've there's a lot of gold in your audio recording i mean i found in when you do mm -hmm. a lesson with somebody and then go back and listen to it some stuff i thought was one way i'm like oh wait that's wow how did i get that wrong <laughs> or like you, you don't even remember like in the <laughs> moment you learn like 10 things and then you maybe remember i would maybe remember too you know, it's like yeah. audio recording. Yeah. I was just curious if you have that as a resource. Because mm -hmm. you said yeah. like you took a ton of lessons. 
I took a lot of lessons. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Who am I thinking? Memorial Isaiah Ricardo, I did some. Because there was a guy, there was a guy, Kenneth Metzger, who I just met. And like, someone was like, I was with another Fulbrighter. And they were like, who are you? Like, we were just at this, at this restaurant and they had music. And one of my friends was like, who are you? Because he seemed like he wasn't from there. And then it turns out he was an American dude, uh, percussionist, also studying music. And he lives in Gainesville, Florida. And he started, what's Brian Potts group? Uh, uh, oh, Bloco. Miami Bloco. Yeah, he, he's like, I started, Miami Bloco. I was like, oh, do you know Brian? And he's like, I started Miami Bloco with Brian like years ago. And this guy, he plays Bata. And so he, he started doing lessons with Gabby and that's how I got Gabby's number. And then he was doing these group lessons with Zay. And so that's how I kind of got reconnected with Zay. So I did some lessons with him and yeah, I have, I have so much recordings to go over and I did it all on my phone, which I, I, I don't know. It's not the best thing, but I, it's pretty clear. Like I can it understand works. it. Yeah. Yeah. It works. I just didn't want to carry anything extra. Uh -huh. Um, Fair. yeah, I did the whole trip with, uh, I didn't, I didn't check any luggage. I did it all <laughs> carry them. So I tried to like, oh, really, really, yeah, like really minimally, like, uh, you know, strip down like what I was carrying and, um but yeah with the, with the, did, did you bring more back though oh yeah i, I brought i brought a, a atabaki <laughs> a, a um, yeah yeah I, so my my teacher yuri like i was like i was asking him about about drums i'm like you know where could i i'm like i'm thinking i, I want to take you know the candomblé lead drum the whom i want to try to get one and bring it back with me and take it back with me and he was like you should talk to this guy Zhao, Zhao atabaki and He's, a, he's an instrument maker and he he gave me like a deal he's like i i and Yudi told me he's like he'll give you a deal if you're one of my students and so i got i got a deal from him and it's a gorgeous drum um mm. gorgeous gorgeous drum and so yeah i was able to like it was like he made it to order and then i had, went and had to go get a, a case made for it because you know these drums are not like it's not like buying a LP Giovanni Quinto, where it's like right, a right. uniform size or whatever. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, he's made for it. And that well, was they a whole... have those crazy legs, right? You can't take them off or can you? Yeah, yeah, you could take them off. Well, this oh, one, um, yeah, this one, it doesn't it doesn't have legs built into it. Um, but it does come with like, came with like a metal stand. Cool. Mm. So, yeah, I had to like sort that out and yeah, on the way you know, before coming back, my partner and I, we like went crazy with uh, wrapping that thing up. We like bought a couple styrofoam <laughs> ice chests and like broke them apart and like packed it oh, all. Wow. Yeah, we did all this stuff. Like, yeah, did a bunch of stuff and it came back totally fine. Like it's uh, perfect. It's nice. a gorgeous drum. It sounds so nice. So thank awesome. you, Zhao. Maybe you can uh, send us some pictures and we'll post on. Of course, I'll definitely do that. I'll definitely do that. Yeah. But, now, yeah. did you also go to uh, Rio and and go to Georgie's uh, family's house there? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I went to Rio and I went to Hasifi as well, and then inland in Bahia. But yeah, so Rio, um, I went to Rio last, no, <laughs> uh, July of 2021, so it's more than a year ago. But uh, I spent three weeks in Rio, and yeah, it was, we wanted to go we wanted to go for Georgie's birthday because his birthday is in July. 
mm. and wanted to be there for that. And so we we went and um, hung out with Georgie. They actually hung out with Brian Potts and, and I'd met him. Uh, right on. I, I got his info. And so we hung out, we hung out in Rio. Um, hung out with Brian uh, at least a couple times. Um, we had a nice night. Yeah, we went to we were in Lapa. We went to go see um, what is it, Banda Un Amo with uh, Talita. Oh, yeah, Talita. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, it was funny. It was in July because like you'll know about like festas juninas and all that, uh -huh. like uh, mm -hmm. So it was in July. So there was festas juninas. Fest, I'm sorry, festas julinas. Julinas. So like, <laughs> keep it going. So yeah, Talita. <laughs> yeah. So Talita and the whole group they were all wearing like you know overall and flannels and stuff. So. <laughs> Um, they were, it was so good. They were amazing. Um, yeah, so we went, I met Brian there, Brian and his partner, and then we uh, went, and then we met, and then Brian was talking to folks, and we ended up going to this samba called Samba dos Guimarães. Um, that's where I met Gustavo um, mm -hmm. Salguero there, like he invited us there, and that was a freaking amazing samba up in um, Santa Teresa, up on the hill. Mm -hmm. um, I did a couple lessons with, you all know Fabricio Hayes? Oh yeah, from Uruguay? Yeah, yeah from Uruguay, mm -hmm. he does the candombe stuff. So yeah. I was a big fan of his and he was super cool, just like invited me over, or like, you know, he did some lessons and at his place and uh, mm -hmm. he was really great to connect with. Um, and then yeah, we we kind of hit up Georgie and Georgie had a lot going on, but he's he's like come over, you know. So we went to his place in Piedaji and got to see the Teheru there, behind where they live. And then we went to a ceremony at uh, Miguel Cotu at the um, kind of the Candomblé house that he's been a part of for like fifty years that he's been initiated into. And so we went to a ceremony for Shango, and we were in. Um, yeah, it was like, we weren't sure. We're like, is Georgie gonna play? Like, what's he, is he gonna sing? Is, you know, and then, yeah, like he he got up behind the home, started singing. Like he just, he did everything. And it was like, it was kind of like, it was wild. You know, it was just like, like a dream, um, you know, to be there to see like all this stuff that, that uh, you know, my partner and I and my, our community here, we've been studying and working on all these years and doing it, you know, since 2014 other people longer and we kind of been doing all this stuff through through covid and all this stuff via zoom and we, we get to go to brazil and see georgie like in his mm. in his home space like leading like you know leading the music and everything um for this for this ceremony for his for his orisha and it was like it was beautiful it was like it was amazing yeah and he introduced us to a bunch of people and showed us all these pictures you know of his um you know his spiritual mother like started that house and um yeah it was freaking amazing yeah yeah, yeah. amazing yeah so there's that there was another thing at their house i think the day after that at their um their little tejero there they have in piedaji and then there was one more ceremony oh my god yeah there was another ceremony that we went to um just before leaving rio that we went there and that was that was gorgeous. That was another amazing ceremony. And so, yeah, some other friends from another friend from California was there. And yeah, I got this. Yeah. Uh, super, super lucky to, to, to have that time there kind of with 
you know, that's like, that's, that's, if it wasn't for Georgie, um, like I wouldn't have been there. So it was nice to bring things kind of full circle. There. Right. Yeah, for sure. And, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so have you maintained some of these connections with your, um, teachers down there? Are you doing any online classes with them or anything like that? I definitely maintain connection. I haven't done anything online. I did sign up for that one teacher I mentioned, Eudi. He had like, he's doing a, like a video course. So I did, I have signed up for that. Other folks I just like chat with here and there. Um, and the people from the university, not so much, but definitely the, the, uh, the drum, the, yeah, the more percussion oriented people, definitely. Um, yeah, we did this thing uh, with with Georgie and a few folks. We went out to DC in oh, that's right. end of June, like the yeah Smithsonian Folklife Festival. Mm -hmm. I remember telling some of my teachers and um, about teacher, teachers in Brazil about that, and they were like so psyched. They were so happy that we were going out there and doing that. And, and uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like I wish I had more connection, but as much as I can, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And did you have, is, was there a culmination to your uh, study there? Did you have to present anything afterwards? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I had to, so I, I had to do a presentation at the university. I had to do like, just like a little 20 minute talk about my studies and stuff. And, and it was actually the first day, like they, they were sending out dates for all these people. And the first day was, that they picked was November 4th, which was the day of my first oh, lesson. Wow. Yeah. And then it ended up being like, and then I was like traveling after. So I was like, I could do it then, but then uh, I couldn't do it after, but then they pushed, they pushed my date back hmm. and I traveled. And then I ended up like almost not doing it, but I was, I was pretty, I was, I was pretty nervous about it, but I was like, I want to do this, you know? And so, so I did. Um, yeah. And so I did like in, it was in like December. It was like, it was, it was actually after like the grant period was technically over, but I still wanted to do this thing. And so, yeah, I did, I did like a little presentation, a little talk about kind of introduce myself and my background with, with the music and just talked about, you know, like things that I had taken away um, and kind of how, how my, how my trip um, had, had kind of transformed my, understanding of the music and how, how it yeah just changed how i how i thought about it and interpreted it and and yeah just how i how i kind of go from from there on so how how did that experience change how you view the music like explain mm -hmm. that thought to if you would sure it's 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 complex it's um uh, you know it like learning from all these people from different people like you know mainly from georgie for the past many years and, and like there, i'd get to certain points where i where i would like just kind of hit a wall you know just be like i am not understanding anything anymore or like i'm not yeah i'm just like not getting things or i'm not uh yeah i just stop understanding things and i, I do think that i needed to see it i do i did need to see what was happening in the ceremony. Um, and I, I'd, I'd known that from, 
before I applied, like I, I was like, I need to like be immersed in it. I need to be, I need to be in this. Um, and so, yeah, there's, there's just different, there's different, um, like, for example, there's like different, like, uh, salute rhythms that like happen, um, when you're playing for like Ogum in a public ceremony and then like actually like seeing what happens during that part of the ceremony it's like oh okay i get that mm. this makes sense because this is happening and so like seeing like for example like seeing those things um made, made, made things make more sense uh there were drum things like as far as just particular pure like percussion stuff there were there's been times where i'm playing like candomblé angola which is all like two hands no sticks and georgie would be like you need to use more left hand and um and i i, I kind of I, I mean i know what he was, he's saying i need to use more left hand or it needs to be more prominent and then i would like study with other like i studied with this guy who was an specifically an angola person and um seeing how he used his left hand and uh, uh his, his stuff was very simple and i just it was just things would just kind of click and be like oh this is what that's what Georgie was talking about, or like, um, not, not that Georgie wasn't explaining it well, but it was just like, it just takes time. It just yeah. takes mm -hmm. time. Um, yeah, what else? I mean, I think, I think just overall, like, Brazilians are like a little more like assertive. Like in Brazil, there's just so much going on. There's just some, there's like when you're like driving or walking or, like there's just it's not like anything like rude that people do to like get in front of you or like it's just a different culture and so i think like that kind of um maybe being like a little more assertive in my playing um maybe change me a little bit but yeah and and that and and with with Kanumble specifically like with this teacher um that i mentioned Everaldo, with uh, he was really all about having a strong connection to the dance um, we had, we had, uh, there was this, this person, uh, Guilherme, who was like a, a kid in the neighborhood. He was like 17. He would like often, we did, we did lessons in a garage. And so Guilherme would show up and he would, we would just see his eyes and he'd be like, <laughs> and our teacher would be like, come on in, come on in. He would show up and then they would be talking for a while. And I'd be like, why are these folks talking during my lesson and all that? And, and then and then he was Guilherme would be like, what are you guys playing? And then he'd be like, we're playing for blah, blah, blah. And then he would like, he would like dance for us. And so, you know, I got to like actually like play in a lesson with my teacher and have like a dance kind of a, a dancer accompanist, like, um, you know, dance for us and be like the, the, the real thing, right? They're all happening. Um, there was another instance where it was like Guilherme and like another person in the neighborhood and this other Maiji Santo were there. And we played the we ended up playing for my lesson we played the whole shide we played the whole public <laughs> ceremony there and so i guess i just i got to like actually like do it i got to play like whom like in somewhat in a somewhat private setting for people and so yeah just seeing how the rhythms work actually like doing it uh and for me like really seeing how they connect to the dancers feet like specifically um has really been important like there's so many like complex rhythms going on in candomblé but like just knowing where they connect with the beat with the dancer's feet 
is a lot more simple than these crazy polyrhythmic rhythms. And so, um, yeah, I guess the short answer is just is seeing there. It, sorry, it's being there and seeing it, and and uh, and having the opportunity to to play. Yeah. Yeah, having that context right there in front of you. Exactly. Um, it's all about the context, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that suddenly makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it, it, like up to the heat and the humidity, like. Yes, and yes. Community and family, like, like, geez, like it, it just like, oh, like, oh, like, that does all make sense. Like, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And this one is. This is Freddy. Freddy. Freddy's Aww. a skinny pig, so he's mostly hairless. Skinny And he wants a little treat he's on got... his shirt. A little peach like. Does, does he make little noises? Does he squeak he, and such? He yeah he he actually he's different. He makes a little like airy noises. Um, he's like because they weak when they want their food. Mm. Um, say hey, bud. <laughs> yeah. first guinea pig on the podcast yeah yeah in in brazil they're called porquinhos da india oh like indian pigs yeah i'm gonna take him back but um okay to say hi hi freddy Thank you. <laughs> i think we talked about that we at brazil camp we had a a table at lunch and we were all talking about pets that's like all we talked about <laughs> it was so fun just guinea pigs in particular or just pets? Guinea pigs, cats, Everything. dogs. Remember that lunch we had at Brazil camp, Robert? Oh, that was epic. Talk yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. That was so much fun. I was just going to see, like, what, what are you, now you're back. Yeah. Uh, lockdown's over. You're back from Brazil. You learned a ton. Yeah. And now what are you, what are you up to? And you have to tell me because I don't know how to not, I don't know how to come back to the United States from Brazil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need some it's advice. Tough. Yeah. It's like, like I got hit with culture shock like both ways. Um, but yeah. So what have I, what have, you want to know what I've been up to or what I'm doing? Or... Yeah. Yeah. What are you up to? What have you been doing uh, since you got back? Yeah. I've actually been, I've been doing a pretty good amount of playing been playing and teaching. Um, I teach at the San Francisco Waldorf High School. I have two classes, like, uh, yeah, uh, drumming. It's called drum, drum ensemble is one of the classes, right? But yeah, we do like some like some samba and some candomblé stuff and kind of other things. And then another class that's like an introduction, introduction to music. It's called uh, uh, Exploring Music, um, get people to play some like small like orf xylophones and other drum stuff with me um, and then i teach at this place community music center um, both places i was i taught at before and i was able to go to brazil both times and then come back which is really great right yeah, right yeah community yeah and i think like they they all knew that this would make me a better teacher this would help expand what i've been doing um 
And yeah, community music center. Uh, I teach there private lessons. That school has been in San Francisco for like over a hundred years. It's wow. a really cool school, um, nonprofit. And would it be possible to leave like a, a link about that place in some sort yeah. of? Yeah, for sure. They're doing like a, like a fundraising campaign right now, and they actually they're expanding the school. It's in the school's in this old Victorian house, and they're they um, with. Some donors they were able to, to purchase the building next to it and so we're going to have mm. even more space for private and group classes and i'm hoping to do i am hoping to do a brazilian music class there uh in the some near future just got to figure out scheduling um yeah i teach there and then i've just been back playing um came back and we did that yeah the smithsonian folk life stuff with uh, the group from oakland with georgie um been doing a bunch of other just uh yeah like freelance gigs you know um playing a bunch of different music i went on tour with my friends grex uh in july last july which is like they're like art rock kind of inspired by like free jazz music we did um just up and down la and uh some recording and then sacramento and yeah just West Coast stuff, but yeah, I've been I've been playing a lot, and it's been it's been really good. It's been really good, and um, can I mention a couple of things that are coming up in yeah, the near future? Do you know when this is gonna come out, more or less? Uh, pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, cool. Probably like a week. Okay, great. Um, I did want to mention that with uh, our community here in in the Bay Area, we are having. A, uh, a ceremony for Oshun. So it is, a, we're having a little candomblé ceremony on December 10th. That's at the Fika, Fika Studios. Um, it's a Capoeira studio in West Oakland. So that's December 10th. Um, probably starts in the afternoon, like three-ish or something like that. Um, can you put the, so put the, give us a link and we'll, we'll put that on the, the website so people can go find it. And we'll yeah. put it on the social on the socials as well. Mm -hmm. I'm a good class yesterday, as I mentioned it to Georgie about mentioning it on this, and he was totally cool. And so about that, and um, yeah. So the, I'll I'll leave the info for that. Cool. And then a couple other things on the near future for me. Um, I've been playing with uh, my friend Joel Rainbow, the music of a uh, Harry Nilsson. Hmm. Um, December 27th at the Chapel in San Francisco, and. December 28th at Moe's Alley in Santa Cruz. And then uh, also, if you're in the Bay, playing with my friends in this group, Grex, at the Ivy Room on January 31st. So not too far away, but not too far in the future either. So yeah, those things. And yeah, hopefully other other Brazilian stuff too. I do know, I do know that Georgie has a party on, like a, he's having an end of the year holiday party on December 17th with Zampagoji and Batala and Maracatu Pacifico. Uh, right on. Samba Hill, I'll be playing there too. So yeah, there's like some stuff going on, but uh, yeah, those are the main things. Nice. Now, Robert, have you, like, since you've been back, have people reached out to you for lessons? Or are you keeping that to Georgie? Um, I haven't had anybody specifically reach out to me about studying candomblé i i'm happy to i'm more than happy to, mm -hmm. to to work with folks i've mostly been doing um mostly drum set lessons mm -hmm. lately through the uh, community music center 
Um, but I've, I've had other folks outside of that reach out to me for, for lessons. Um, and I did, you know, I did years ago, I did speak with Georgie about this. I think when I started teaching at the Waldorf school, I'd be like, you know, be like, hey, probably like people been, you know, I played some Candomblade things for people and folks were interested in learning that, like, is, is it okay if I teach this, you know? And he's like, he's like, you have to, he's like, you have to, oh. like, you got got to teach it like yeah so that's oh, great it's really special and so yeah um i don't think i've had any specific contemplate people since i've been back people searching for that music but um i'm i'm super open to it and yeah at community music center they want me to do a class uh it's just a matter of figuring out scheduling so that would be really cool to to have like in, in san francisco there's a few schools like um or a few groups like fogo na hopa and uh mm-hmm. What's the other group? Um, oh, there's another. Yeah, but there's like there's like a, a kind of community. Um, there's a community there that plays a bunch of samba hege. So that's like kind of a thing there, mm-hmm. in, in in San Francisco specifically, like around the mission. Mm-hmm. And there's not there's not anybody teaching candomblé. There's like a bunch of Afro-Cuban stuff too. So that would be it'd be really cool to to be able to do that there. Mm-hmm. Hopefully in the near future yeah awesome yeah awesome robert (laughs) well thanks again for coming on and sharing yeah thank you all so much after a couple years (laughs) i know right i know i was i was in rough shape after you know like after that first fulbright thing i don't i don't even know it wouldn't it wouldn't have went well (laughs) yeah i think you Uh, and i chatted about that and we're you're i'm not sure right now (laughs) yeah it was it was really hard so i'm glad uh yeah 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 good to we also like we the me and diana and sylvia the our translator have also Mm -hmm. had some big waves of things coming through our lives so you know true we've been really inconsistent about about this project, but, but yeah, you know, sometimes things just other things take over <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it's unpredictable. And, but yeah, I'm, I'm super, I'm super really, really into what y'all are doing and um, I've listened to, to a bunch and not all of them, but yeah, I need to listen to more, but I've been listening to a bunch of them lately and it's I'm really into to what y'all are sharing. I listen to a lot, a lot of podcasts in general. So it's really great to, to have this cause there's, there's not much like it, you know. There's there's nothing like it. I don't, I don't not that I know of, you know. There's like a few other, um, like super academic, yeah, you know, about Brazilian music and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, but actually, like, yeah, I think one of the strengths of this is is getting people to tell the stories themselves, you know, mm-hmm. that exactly. have been in it their whole lives or have been um, studying it for like a part of their lives, like like us all here, you yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah, you have a really u- unique uh, perspective and like we don't, I mean, we've done a lot of Samba recently and so it's nice to hear, you know, the Kundalini uh, side. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Now you all need to go see more pictures of that skinny pig and pictures <laughs> of Robert. So uh, you can check that out at thebrazilianbeat.com. Uh, so we have a couple of shout outs this week. Um, speaking of Kofi, as we did earlier, uh, we had some donations from our loyal listeners, Mel Raff, 
uh, who has uh, listened to us for quite some time now. So we appreciate your uh, your support, Mel, and your kind words. Uh, always great to hear from you. Um, and then we also have one from D- Benjamin Hoyne, a CBC friend uh, out of Virginia. So, Benjamin, thank you so much for your uh, your contribution, and we appreciate all of our listeners and supporters. So, thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you so much. It's so it seems so exciting when people trust us. You guys trust us with your donations. So, thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. It's just nice to hear from people, too. So it's always great to hear from listeners. Also, go check out Sylvia's CD. Uh, we got links to that on the website. So go check out her her CD, her music. Sonia. Sonia, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her, she, her yeah. friend made a, a music video for, the, for my favorite song on the CD, which happens to be a French song. Mm-hmm. Her friend made a really cool video. Happened to be in in Paris and got a bunch of footage and put to, put together a nice music video for her. So it's such a cool thing. We'll post that as well. Yeah. And it's getting to be that time where people are heading to Brazil. That's and right. if you're going to be there, if you're checking out ensayos or hanging out at the quadras or anything like that, taking lessons, why don't you share some of your photos with us and we can share on our site. Totally. And even better if, and even better if you have a Brazilian beach shirt on. You know who I know of that's going to Brazil is our supporter from last week, uh, Terry Tamboris. He's oh, gonna, great! Yes, he's going to be here. I think during Carnival, so he wants to see the parades and everything. Him and his wife. So, bring your shirt. Nice. Bring your shirt, Terry. <laughs> Terry, yeah, we know you have one. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's so cool. That's a great time. I'm pretty sure it's his first time here. So, yeah. Nice. Pretty cool. So, we'll be on the lookout for those photos. Tag us on your pictures. Uh, yes. Yeah. And maybe you'll see, have a sighting of uh, the elusive Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> My elusive? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen you in months. So. That's true. <laughs> That's true. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Ciao.